Hey, Sandals Church. I wanna welcome our online global community and our Sandals Church Anywhere family. I'm the online campus pastor, and today we are starting things off a little differently. Last weekend, we took time to pray for you live on our Sandals Church Facebook page. Well, today, we are going to start off our time with prayer. As Christians who are followers of Jesus Christ, this is what we are supposed to do, pray. We have been given direct access to the one who created the world, the one who created everything. Our God, the God, can step into our situation and turn it around or turn us around within the situation. Today in our world, there is so much pain of all kinds. There are many in our world who are greatly still being affected by COVID-19. There are those in Haiti who are suffering from the recent earthquake, as well as those in Afghanistan who are being attacked by people whose only agenda is to bring evil and hurt. As I pray, I wanna invite you to join me in this prayer. This is not the time to be a spectator. Wherever you are, whoever you are with, as a global community, let's pause and invite the Holy Spirit of God who connects us all to heal so many areas of hurt in our world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God of this universe, who, who is the only one true God, we wanna thank you that no matter what happens in our broken world, you are still on the throne and your kingdom still reigns. Father, hear our prayer in regards to this horrible virus that has reached every corner, it seems, of our world. We pray for healing over all those who are affected and, and that you would help limit and stop the spread either through dissipation or with the help of medical intervention. Jesus, please be with the people of Haiti as they yet again rebuild after a horrible earthquake that just recently hit them. We also pray, Lord, for their economic well-being, dear God, that, that you would help them, dear God, in what, as we know, one of the be the most impoverished countries. Lord, I also feel um, the need at this time right now, Lord, to pray for um, the fact that there's sex trafficking all over the world. Father, we pray against this, this horrible slavery, dear God, and, 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 and that it affects so many, affects actually tens of millions of people, dear God. We pray, Lord, that you would bring them out of slavery, that you would bring them out of this atrocity, dear God, and, and that you would help get them to mental and emotional, their God, healing and physical healing, Lord. Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, we come to you right now, dear God, praying for, for the country of Afghanistan, dear God. Lord, we pray for the innocent and we pray for the vulnerable. We pray for the Christian church that is represented in that land. God, would you make a way for these people to find safety and security. Lord, there, there is some real evil in our world, Lord, and, and I know you know that, but Jesus, we pray, Lord, that, that you would free that country from, from the evil and the terrorism and, and, and the murdering, dear God, and, and those damaged minds that work towards all kinds of sin in that land and really in our world. Lord, help our government and our leadership know the right decisions that need to be made. Jesus, bring healing, bring hope, bring peace to that land. And in all things, Lord, help us, your church, to be the hands and feet of your love. Jesus, we want all of these atrocities to be eliminated. That is our prayer. And through this, may we learn who you want us to be and to become. Holy Spirit, have your way and make the miraculous happen. Father, may your kingdom come and your will be done in our world, in our land, and in our hearts. We pray this in the name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Welcome, Sandals Church. If you just got here, my name is Jeff, and I'm so glad you joined us. If you're new, let us know by going to sandalschurch.com next, or better yet, download our Sandals Church app and connect with us there, or even on the chat right now if that's available on whatever you are watching from. We are a church that desires to be real, real with ourselves, real with God, and real with others. That's not just for adults, that's also for kids who are discovering their faith from their parents, as well as our teens who are not just the future of tomorrow, but who are leading right now. And we want to do everything we can for them to grow in their walk with Christ and to be in community. There is a book in the Bible that is known to be to be the greatest book when it, when it comes to a guide for living a life with Christ. It's called Romans, the book of Romans, and we are in a series called Win in Rome. And here to bring the message, this talk today, is our lead pastor, Matt Brown. Hi guys, welcome to Sandals Church. So glad that you are joining us today. Man, I wanna talk about something that's really, really near and dear to my heart. I've been your guys' pastor for over 20 years and I have done this wrong almost every single time. So just know what I'm talking about today comes with pain, suffering, and experience. I wanna talk about how to care for others, wait for it, without going crazy, okay? I mean, that's just, I mean, some of you right now, you are caring for littles and you're like, you don't know who's crazier, the two-year-old or you, because you're in that scenario. Or, or some of you are, are caring for a loved one or an elderly parent or, or someone who's sick with COVID right now. And literally in the midst of trying to love someone, you're losing your mind. And I've done this over and over and over again. And so I just want you to know that learn from my pain, learn from my mistakes, and know that as Christians, we're commanded to care for others, but we're not commanded to be stupid or foolish or to go crazy when we care for others. And so we need to just really look at Romans 15 today and say, God, I wanna care for people. I wanna make a difference in people's lives, but I don't wanna lose my mind as I'm trying to bless somebody else's life. So let me just pray for you right now, and I don't know where you are, but I'm sure there's somebody that you, you care about, somebody that matters to you, that you're worried about, you're concerned, and, and they're literally making you nuts right now. 
And, and I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would say, hey, okay, let's relax. And we're going to talk about some things that I've learned painfully over the years that I think will help you continue to care for that person. Don't write them off, but to say, Lord, I'm going to get right so that ultimately I can help them be right. So let's pray together. Father, just speak to us today. Uh, sometimes as Christians, we think all people need is Jesus. But Lord, they don't just need Jesus. Sometimes they need help. So Lord, help us today as Christians to give people Jesus and to give people help, the help they need. So Lord, speak to us today. Minister to us today. Send your Holy Spirit upon us today. Lord, especially with all the craziness that's going on in our world, steady us, God, so we can make a difference and make this world a better place. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now let's take a look at Romans 15, one through seven. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. I told you, this is, a this is a tough verse. We who are strong, we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement, listen to this, grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may be a, with one voice glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let me just challenge you. How, how, how I won't go crazy as I care for others. And let me just say this, I've gone crazy before. I've gone crazy with my kids, my wife, my church, my friends. I've gone crazy. I, I've gone crazy with the world. So this week, you know, Tammy and I, were gonna have a date night. We're gonna have a time to connect. And the whole Afghanistan thing just blew up. And I just gotta be honest with you. That grieved me so badly. I couldn't sleep at night. I wasn't interested in connecting with my wife. I, I, I just didn't have the emotional reserve to connect with her. And here's why. I let my emotions get the best of me and I forgot my mission. So I wanna challenge you. Here's how you care for others and, and you don't go crazy. I won't go crazy if I follow my mission and not my emotions. My emotions is a roller coaster ride that is fun for about 10 seconds. Anybody ever been on a roller coaster ride where it's a good decision? Right when you start, I love watching Instagram where people get on it, they're all happy at first, and 10 seconds into that, they're like, I've I, one of my favorite videos is a guy breaks up with his girlfriend mid-ride. <laughs> I don't love you, I don't care for you, you always make me do things I don't wanna do, and she's literally like, what, what, what? And he dumps her on the ride, we're done, it's over. That's the way emotions are, they're fun at first, and then you just throw up, that's what happens, okay? You throw up. And so here's the thing is, I've got to follow my mission, not my emotions. And this is why so many of you are overwhelmed because you're constantly running emotionally from one issue to the next to the next. And the press, and here's the thing you need to know about media and the press, they're going under. And the only way they can get your attention is by scaring you. And so we're on this emotional roller coaster ride. Listen to me. You literally have anxiety. You are literally falling apart to keep CNN, MSNBC, Fox News alive. They're going to kill you to stay alive. So what you've got to ask yourself, is this story a part of my mission? Okay, because there's, there's, there's crap happening everywhere at all times. Okay, the world is not any worse communication and media has just gotten a lot better. We just didn't know about it before. We didn't hear about it before, but now it's instantaneously from all over the world, all the horrific things that are happening. And it's right in front of our face. Listen to what the apostle Paul says in Romans 15, 16. How does Paul steady himself? How does he get through the day? How does he get himself up in the morning? with all his stress, all his burdens, all his worries, and all his anxieties. Listen to what he says. He says, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you. So here's what we're gonna ask is, who's my you? Who has God called me to? I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy by the Holy Spirit. 
So let me ask you, what's your mission? Here's why so many of you are erratic. You don't have one. You don't have one. And one of the reasons, as a former person in the military, in my, you know, uh, sophomoric, you know, childlike observation of what went wrong in Afghanistan is, is the mission constantly changed. What is the mission? You see, the most powerful army in the world can fail if they're not clear on what the mission is. So what's your mission? I don't care how strong you are, how powerful you are, how wealthy you are. If you don't know your mission, your troops are gonna get worn down and you're gonna lose. What's my mission? So here's my mission, my family. My family, my wife and my three kids. And now my daughters are getting married, those dudes. <laughs> right? Those guys, they become a part of my mission. My family, look, I love you, Sandals Church, but I will not break my family to build you up. And you need to know that. Some of you guys, you're more about your career. You're, you're more about your career than you are your family. Listen to me, guys, your, your employees aren't gonna be around your bed as you take your last breath. It's gonna be your family. It's gonna be the people that you loved and you raised and you invested in. You gotta remember, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, his mama was still there. His disciples, man, they ran away. His mom was still there. My mission is my family. So if something's wrecking and destroying my family, I, I've gotta deal with that so I don't destroy my family. Like Afghanistan breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. But it can't, I can't allow it to let me break my family. My mission is my family. Next, my mission is my church. God is very clear about this. He wants me to love and support my family and he has called me to love and support his family. This is, your family's not an option and God's family's not an option. And some of you are gonna stand before God on judgment day and you're gonna say, I really, really loved and served my family. Great, Jesus is gonna say, what about my kids? What about my family? What about my single moms? What about my kids without dads? What about my, my brothers and sisters dying of cancer? What about them? And you're gonna say, oh, I, I thought I was only supposed to serve myself. No, that's America's vision. He says, my vision for your life is that you serve others. The church does not come before your family. That's called a cult. But if you're in church and you don't consider your church family, then you're the cult. And you worship yourself. Next, listen to me, young people, I love you, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> my work, I have responsibilities. I was texting with a young man in our church and I was celebrating him. I knew him when he was in high school, watched him get married. They celebrated their 10 year anniversary. I said, man, that's great, how's it going? He says, marriage is hard. Let me just help you, young people. Life is hard. Growing up is hard. Not growing up is worse. Life is hard, marriage is hard, children are hard, not having children are hard, having children are hard, having a job is hard, not having a job is hard. Life's hard and you've gotta embrace work. God's given you gifts and talents to make a difference and to provide for your families and oh, wait for it, to have a little bit extra to share with those who are in need. One of the reasons I do what I do outside of the church is because I love giving to my church family and I love giving to people who are in need. That's part of my passion. That's what Ephesians says. We work hard so we can make a little extra and bless others. And you can't help others if you can't help yourself. It's one of the great failings of modern education. When, when, through all 12 years of your schooling, did they ever say, one day we need you to grow up and give back? And that's why we got 40 year olds saying you should provide for my housing and my healthcare and you should provide and provide because we never taught kids, hey, we need you to grow up and actually contribute. So find something to do that's moral and ethical and provides for your financial needs and do it. And then it's my community. My community, the place where I live, okay? These are the people that matter to me. I, I, I'm a pastor here in Southern California. I'm a Californian, 
and I've got to make a difference here. And here's one of the ways I think the enemy distracts us is he gets us concerned about injustice everywhere else and we don't pay attention to what's going on right in our own community. And we got to look at this. We got to look at what's going on. Okay, some of you as Californians, you're more aware of what, you know, Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. And that's great if you live in Florida. <laughs> but if you don't, what are you doing? I don't know if anybody's noticed, California, we got some issues. <laughs> we, we got some problems. Like we're, we're, not like, we're, not like, we're not like an awesome example of statehood. We got struggles. We got to pay attention to what's happening right now. And if you're in Sandals Church anywhere, wherever you are, that's your community. So I, listen to this. If I try to make a difference everywhere, I won't make a difference anywhere. You got to be laser focused. Laser focused. And so many of our young people say, well, I stand for social justice. Great. Where? Where do you stand? You say, well, everywhere. Well, then you stand nowhere. And, and one of the big problems with all these do-gooders in our country, have you noticed they run from problem to problem to problem? They're not from the community. They get the media attention and then they're gone. Look, we, we, we don't need people from other communities helping us. We need, we need to help our community. We need to speak to our issues. So how do I help others without going crazy? I won't go crazy as long as, I won't go crazy as I care for others, as long as I respond, listen to this, according to my strength and my ability. You want to go crazy? Try to be something for someone you're not. Okay, look, if you're sick, I'm not coming and singing over you. That might kill you. I don't know what happened to Mildred. I don't know, Pastor Matt had a word from the Lord. He sang it. She was dead. Don't try to be something you're not. You say, well, I can do all, all things in Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but he's not gonna call you to not do what he's called you to do. Who are you? Romans 15, one. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Here's the problem. Sometimes we don't realize when we're weak. And some of you, you need to really wrestle through this. What are you going to do, husband and wife, if you both get COVID at the same time? And we've had to minister to families with this. What's your strategy? What's your calling? And I've had to be on the phone with a church member and say to the husband, you are not strong enough to care for your wife. We need to get her to the hospital. You're not strong enough. You can't do this anymore. Those are tough conversations because a lot of us think we can just, you know, pull up our bootstraps and we can get through it. And you wonder why you're going crazy because you're trying to do things you can't presently do. Three questions to ask before you decide to help. Three questions, run through these. Number one, am I strong enough to help? Am I strong enough? You know, is, am I the person to intervene here? You know, if we got a 250 pound man swinging in the lobby and you're a 105 pound woman, I don't know that God's calling you to intervene. You know? I don't, know, I don't know that that's what the Lord's wanting you to do. He's like, well, David, you, go, you know, to slay Goliath. Was well, your name David? No. <laughs> so stop. And sometimes we run into an area and then, we, and then we get overrun. And you need to let some bigger people handle that. Some people who've been blessed with some girth and some size. You can pray from the corner, but don't get in the ring. And then you're like, oh, I don't know what happened, Lord. The Lord's like, I was telling you no. He said, but no sounds like go. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> so am I strong enough to handle this? And let me just say this. We're all, we all fall into two groups. Some of us feel like we never do enough. And some of us never feel like doing anything. Like you're the big guy in the corner. Yeah, somebody ought to do something. <laughs> you, bro, you. I mean, Am I supposed to do something? What can I do? And Christians always say, oh, we need to pray. And sometimes we need to pray, but sometimes we need to get off our butts and do something. Anybody watch that video this week of the birthday party gone awry with the alligator? Anybody see that? I don't, parents, look, I love you. Is that a good idea? I mean, who says, you know what we need to do for our sixth graders birthday party is we need to go watch a feeding of an alligator. But fear not. <laughs> 
This wise woman in the cage of that alligator, she was covered with almighty armor of latex gloves. You can watch it. I don't know what that does, but apparently it protects you from alligators. But that alligator was not intimidated by the latex glove and it bit her hand. Bit her hand. And everybody, when you watch it, everybody's yelling, somebody get help, somebody get help, somebody get help. There's three grown men right there. And finally, guess what? The dad of the birthday party jumped in the tank with the alligator. He had no idea what he was doing. It's hilarious. She got out and then he was in the tank with the alligator. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? That's like my nightmare. One time I woke up in the middle of the night, my wife was screaming, babe, babe, babe. And I was like, what? Cause I was dreaming. I was wrestling an alligator and it was Tammy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get you. She's like, my husband's crazy. That's like my worst fear, man. My worst fear. And that alligator's rolling and that poor dad, he's like, where's the cake? You know, and he's wrestling the alligator. So you have to ask yourself, how can I help specifically? What can I do? That dad in that moment, the best thing he could do was jump on that alligator's back. I'd have to pray about that. I, anybody, I'd have to hear from the Lord. Yes, Matt, I have called you. Because alligators freak me out. How can I help specifically? So, so am I strong enough to help? And oftentimes what I see in the church, it's those who are the weakest that think they're the strongest. And the strongest are often the most lazy. So look, what do we do about Afghanistan? Okay, most of us can't go. We can't get there. But what can I do specifically? See, part of our anxiety is, I don't know what to do, Lord. So say, Lord, how can I help? And what have you called me to do? Are, are you calling me to do something? Because let me just tell you something. There's evil that happens all over the world. Our news media just chooses which, media, which evil they show us. It happens all over the world. You say, well, they're Christians. Yep, there are. And there's Christians murdered all over the world. All over the world. So we can pray at least and say, God, is there something you want me to do specifically about this issue? But sometimes as Christians, man, we're knuckleheaded. We just sit outside that tank and just pray, amen. Lord, I hope this woman doesn't get her arm bit off by that alligator. And the Lord's like, I'm telling you to get in there. So we gotta be careful. So next, what are the dangers I need to be aware of as I help? Like if you jump into the tank with an alligator, you need to know where the teeth are, amen? I mean, the tail's scary, but the teeth is dangerous. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Galatia and he says this, dear brothers and sisters, listen to this. If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, that's those of you who are strong, should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. But listen to this, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So you know what happens when you're constantly ministering to depressed, discouraged people? You can become depressed and discouraged. And some of you, you're like, well, I'm, I'm the missionary in this group. You know, I'm going to care for all these needy, depressed, codependent people. Guess what's going to happen to you? You got to be careful. You got to know, man, I got I to be really, really careful here. And I've seen this as ministers. Sometimes, you know, if you work in marriage ministry, you're constantly dealing with marriages that fall apart until you become blind to your marriage. See, you're working with marriages that are the worst, so you think yours is the best. Ask your spouse. Is our marriage the best? <laughs> but that's the thing, especially when we're involved with people experiencing trauma, we, we think we're great. We think we're incredible. So, so ask yourself, am I strong enough right now to help? And let me tell you this, even Jesus took time off. Even Jesus took time off. What can I do specifically to help? Because you can't do everything. And then, what are the dangers that I need to be aware of? Is there a place here for me to get sucked in? So I won't go crazy as a leader, as long as, check this out, I create healthy boundaries. And I just want you to know, as your pastor, I was the worst at this. The worst at this. 
Part of it is, is because I think I was so desperate when I started our church. Everywhere I went, I was trying to get people to come to our church. And I was just so certain that if I just served them enough, they would come and never leave. You gotta know, even the Lord Jesus Christ had boundaries. So Jesus Christ, right? He doesn't have social media that's calling out to you every single day. Hey, get involved. Hey, have an opinion. Hey, stand up for this. Hey, post this. So there's no social media when Jesus Christ is alive, but he's walking through a crowd and somebody shouts at him. That's what social media does. That's what the news does. That's what your friends do. They shout at him from the crowd. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. Jesus replied, listen to this. Here's the, here's the son of God, the judge of everyone. He says, friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things? You know what Jesus did? He just created a boundary. He said, that's, that's not why I'm here. That's not a part of my mission. And we have to ask ourselves as Christians, is this something that I'm supposed to be a part of? Because here's the thing you need to know about crazy people. Crazy people don't have boundaries. They will call you all night long. They will wear you down, and as soon as you're dead, move on to the next person. And they won't feel bad about it. But as Christians, a lot of us, we read this verse, hey, I'm under an obligation. Yeah, those who are strong are under an obligation to help the weak. It doesn't mean you need to be dumb about it. But a lot of us have a hard time with boundaries. I had a huge problem with boundaries. Boundaries are guidelines, rules or limits that a person creates, listen to this, to identify for themselves things that are reasonable, safe and permissible ways for other people to behave around them. So if people start screaming at me, they got an opinion on vaccinations one way or the other, I don't have to stand there and listen to it. It's not good for me. Okay, I've been screamed at in all kinds of places. Like one time the worst was in Home Depot parking lot as I'm literally pushing all of our stuff into our car. This guy's just reading me the riot act, screaming. I just, you know what, I don't, I don't have to respond to him. He was out of his mind. I need to make sure that I don't go out of my mind. Because who do you think is going to be on social media? <laughs> Me or Captain Rando, right? Nobody knows who he is. And I'm not famous enough, but I'm famous enough that if I do something really stupid, everybody's going to know who your pastor is. Yeah. Oh, you go to Sandals. Yeah, well, look at this guy on Instagram. He's losing his mind. You're like, yeah, I don't go there anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But you need to be careful. So you got to create boundaries. And you gotta, you gotta think about how am I gonna respond when someone steps outside those limits? See, some of you are mad at God because you keep finding yourself in a cage with a gorilla and God's like, I don't, show me the verse where I said get into the cage with a gorilla. Listen to me, it's okay to say no. God says no to you every day. Some of you call those unanswered prayer requests. <laughs> no, God answered, you didn't like the answer. So God says no, you can say no. It's okay to say no. And I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like I have to have a reason. I have to have a reason to say no. Oh, I mean, I'd love to, but I'm so busy. <laughs> Man, if it wasn't, oh, oh, you know. Or we do the Jesus juke, let me pray about it. You know, I'm not sure, you know. You can just say no. You can just say no, no. No. And here's the thing is, some people will then respond like a two-year-old. And you know, adults that can't handle no have never really become adults. No, I can't do that thing. I can't. Next, set limits. Especially with crazy needy people, you gotta set limits. Look, you can't call me after 10 o'clock. If you keep calling me, I'm gonna change my phone and I'm not gonna give you my new number. Stop, don't come over to my house. Don't park in front of my house. I've had all of these conversations with wonderfully gifted people, you know? Don't work out every time I go to the gym, you know? I had somebody follow me while I was running down Victoria Avenue in their white van with no windows. <laughs> so I said, A, A, don't do that, and B, buy a different car, bro. That's not, you know? You look like an ax murderer. He's a sweet guy. He hates it when I tell that story. But it was a conversation we had to have. So, don't be afraid to say no. Create a boundary. 
And let me tell you something, those of you who feel like you're going crazy, what it means is you're terrible at creating boundaries. You don't know where you end and they begin. You, you don't know. And that's why you say they're making me crazy because you think you're one, you're not one. And if, just to prove it to you, you can hold your hand up like this and wherever your hand ends, that's where you end. Like I, I'm not beyond this, this is me. God has given us physical boundaries for a reason. And so you need to learn to have emotional and spiritual boundaries. Next, let me say this, man. Everybody's got a story. And it's always the worst. It's always terrible. Here's what I would say to you. Cautiously trust people's stories. I say this all the time. And, and, and if you've been in counseling with me or in a, in a relationship with me, I'm sorry, but I've been lied to so many times. I just don't know what the truth is. And here's what I say. I say, assuming that what you're saying is true. I'm not calling you a liar. I've just been lied to a lot, you know, by other people. <laughs> and let me just say this to you. The sob story that you're hearing, it may even be what they believe is true. But Proverbs 18, 17 doesn't say believe somebody when they're crying. Believe somebody when they're emotional. Proverbs 18, 17 says this, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines them. I've learned this the hard way. Tears don't equal truth. They don't. They don't. I, I, I've made this mistake so many times. Somebody's come in, they've pleaded their case first. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've been treated this way. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe somebody would do that to you. And in fact, that's not what happened. And let's be honest, in some cases, it's just really hard, hard to determine the truth because both parties are crying. Both parties are accusing. But let me tell you something. When somebody comes to you and they say, I I've been hurt at the church, I've been mistreated or fired without cause at my work, that's usually not the case. I can't tell you how many times somebody will come up to me and they'll say, you know, so-and-so, they just haven't been cared for at Sandals. And so I freak out, right? Because we should care for people at Sandals. And I find out they've met with five pastors. Soul Care has met with them. We've, Benevolence has actually paid for groceries, paid for gas, done all of these things. They're not telling you the truth. Now, that it, they may feel like they haven't been cared for, but probably what happened is at some point somebody said, no, no. They didn't like how they were ministered to. They didn't like how they were cared for but they were cared for, you know? And so if somebody, you know, says something about me, you probably need to say, well, that doesn't sound like Matt. Or that doesn't sound like sandals. And you just need to cautiously, and, and, and to be honest, sometimes I screw up, sometimes we screw up, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes, wait for it, I sin. Oh. <laughs> but what I try to do as your pastor is I run as quickly as I can to repentance. I am flawed, I am a sinner, but I, I sprint to repentance. And some people aren't happy with, I'm sorry, they want blood. And what I tell those Christians is, Jesus already did that. I don't have to die for you. So let me say this, as a Christian, and we're all, we're all one way or the other, you can't be cynical, everybody's a liar, nobody's honest, right? And you can't be gullible if you're gonna help people. You gotta say, assuming that what you're saying is true, and what I tell people is, and I am going to call. I am going to call. I always love when parents say, my kid would never lie to me. <laughs> you don't know your kid. <laughs> or your kid is really good at lying. <laughs> so what, what I would tell my kids is, I am going to call the school, I am going to call the teacher, I am going to call so-and-so's mom, and I am going to hear their side of it. Because sometimes when people are hurt, they believe their side as the gospel. And listen to me, their emotions and their suffering is sincere, but they're not accurate about what actually happened. What they're accurately conveying to you is how they feel. But we're called to follow our faith, not our feelings. Okay, we care about feelings. Feelings matter. But we also need to care about the facts. What, what happened? And let me just say this. This is really hard. And this was hard for me. Be willing to let people go. Jesus did. Jesus let the rich young man walk away. Jesus was brokenhearted, but he let him go. Sometimes 
people aren't ready. They're not, they're not ready to heal. They're not ready to listen. Here's the thing is, some people haven't reached their bottom yet. Now, it's my bottom, right? It's my bottom. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that man, I would, boy, I would repent. That's not what I want. But some people, you think they're at their bottom? Man, no, they got a basement. And their basement has a basement. And that basement has a basement. And let me tell you something, you wanna, try, you wanna drive yourself crazy? Believe you can change people. Jesus invited people to change. But he didn't force them. He let them go. So I won't, cra- I won't go crazy as I care for others when I focus on helping people listen to this who want to change. You wanna go nuts? Try to convince a drowning person they're drowning. One of my favorite Jim Carrey skits when he was on In Living Color is when he was the lifeguard for the jacuzzi. (laughs) And he would jump in and save people in the jacuzzi, right? And God forbid, they resisted his care. It's one of the funniest skits you'll ever see. Try to save somebody that doesn't think they're drowning. They'll call the cops on you. Jesus invited people to come to him. He didn't force them. He didn't make them. He gave them a choice. He let people walk away. Listen, some people would rather get bitter than get better. And if you try to save a person who's chosen bitterness, they're going to make you bitter. See, Lord Jesus, I want to make a difference where people want to change. God, send me those people. And send the crazy people who just want to make me crazy somewhere else. So what that means is when you meet with somebody and you ask them to do basic things and they don't do them, they don't want to change. If you meet with a couple and you say, you know what, I want you to write down all the things that your spouse does right and you show up for the next counseling session and they don't do it, stop meeting. Now you're the problem. You're the problem. You're not helping them. Romans 15, two, listen to this. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to what? Build him up. You can't can't build someone up if they're not willing to stand up. Jesus calls people, he says, stand and walk. That's scary, that's hard. But what he's saying is, I need a little something. I need you to have some faith. I need you to take a step. Don't confuse someone's sadness over their present circumstance, listen to this, with readiness and desire to change their circumstance. I've had people over my house crying time and time again. They never wanted to change. They just wanted to waste my time. Listen to me. That's time away from my wife. That's time away from my family. That's time away from my sermon prep. I I can't meet with you for counseling and connect with God at the same time. And those people will just take and take and take. And not everybody wants to get well. It's why Jesus asked the man who'd been sick for 38 years, do you want to get well? Some people just want to just complain and moan. I almost said it. (laughs) All the Christians don't know what I'm saying. Woo! Wow, that was close. Forgive me, Lord. The Lord knows what I said in my heart. Some of us just want to complain and moan rather than change. But let me just say this, and especially in this room, there's a lot of ministers in this room. There's a lot of ministers in our church. We all tend to overestimate our ability to help people. Well, come to my church or my Bible study or my community group, and I will bless you with my incredible knowledge. Man, one of the best things that can happen to you as a, as, as a minister, as a caregiver, is to be broken by somebody who doesn't care and doesn't listen to a thing you say. That's why the Lord blesses us with children. I mean, it's crazy. I won't go crazy, listen to this, I won't go crazy when I care for others, when I stay more connected to God than the problem. Some of you, you are more aware of what's going on in Afghanistan than you are in your own heart and in God's heart for you. 
and you are running from emotional storm to emotional storm to all the problems in the world and God's saying, hey, you know what? Before we make a difference out there, why don't we start with what's going on right here? And that's why as, as Christians, if we're not careful, we can be a Christian counselor and lose our marriage while we're busy saving other ones. Like we can work in kids' ministry and lose our kids. We can pastor a church and get divorced. We gotta make sure that we're paying attention. Say, God, I wanna stay as connected to you as I am to this chaos out there. Part of the reason America is, so, is freaking out so badly is because we are so disconnected from God. Listen to this. For whatever was written in the former days, this is so beautiful, he's talking about the Bible, was written for our instruction. God, I don't know what to do. I know I wrote you a note. <laughs> One of the things that drives me crazy as a kid is my wife's a great, she's a, she, as, as a, with my kids, excuse me, my wife leaves instructions for the kids. Hey, while I'm gone, I want these chores done. And I always love my kids. They're like, well, I didn't see it. <laughs> Man, we could have hired a clown dancing with it on his chest. And our kids would be like, excuse me, sir, with the funny nose and wig. Isn't it amazing? Lord, I don't know what your will is. Look at the Bible, God says. God's like, you're driving me crazy. And Jesus is like, Lord, I know I lived with them. No. It was written for our instruction that through, listen, through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You know why you've lost hope? Because you're more focused on problems than you are God. So what we gotta do is we gotta say, God, this is a big problem, but you're a bigger God. So I'm gonna turn my attention to you and, and this problem is gonna become smaller. Listen to this, may the God of endurance and encouragement. He's not the God of depression. He's the God of encouragement. He's not the God of weakness. He's the God of endurance. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you, listen to this, to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what scripture is. Look, we need God's word, listen to me, and we need God's people to stay connected to God. Some of you, all you do is spend your time with broken, discouraged, depressed people. And I'm gonna tell you, when I first started Samuel's Church, and I don't mean this personally to anybody that's listening, but the only people that came at first, or it seems like the only people that came at first, were the jacked up people. And I was like, Lord, where's the healthy people? They're in their churches, they love it. They're not, they're not leaving. They're not gonna go to your church, it looks like a zoo. And listen to me, everybody that came, came with problems. And this is one of the things, this is why churches are so broken. If all we do is spend our time caring for the broken and not developing and training the strong, we're all gonna fall apart. So let me begin with what Paul said, to those of you who are strong, we need you. We need you. We need you to serve, we need you to grow, we need you to step up and help us with the weak. Otherwise, what happens? we get overrun as a church. So if you need to take a break, take a break. You don't get to take a decade. I'm just healing and processing <laughs> and praying. Can you imagine if Jesus was like you? Y'all get to the cross next decade. Peter's been driving me crazy. James and John clearly have anger management issues. Pretty sure Judas is a liar. Lord, I'm out of here, right? No, no, he went to the cross. The Lord's given you a day every single week to collect yourself and to connect with him to rest. He didn't give you a decade, he gave you a day. A day every week. So listen to me, those who are strong, connect with God, connect with him. Can I just be honest with you guys for a minute? Tammy and I needed a break. We went to Idaho, land of camouflage. No, seriously, I thought about getting like camouflage pants and like an orange jacket. You know, and a hat from Bass Pro Shops. But they'd see right through me. 
But listen to me. Listen to me. Every single week I connected with you guys and I would cry through worship before we even got to the message. Because even on vacation, I needed God. Listen to me, and I just, I just didn't need God. I needed you guys. I needed to pray with you and worship with you and connect with you. And some of you are like, where's God? And he's like, with my church, where are you? Where are you? And he's inviting you back. He wants to empower you and strengthen you to care for people. But he's never gonna do that until you connect with him and his church. And some of you say, well, pastor, I don't know why you didn't include God in your mission. God's not my mission, I'm his. I know that was good. <laughs> Every now and then it happens. God is not my mission, I'm his. And he's called me to focus on my family, focus on, on my church, focus on my work and focus on my community. What's he calling you to do today? Let me pray for you that the Lord would focus your mission so that you could manage your emotions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, God. We ask that your Holy Spirit, God, would just drop on us right now in this moment. And so many of us are overwhelmed with everything that is happening around us. God, you do not want to calm the storm on the outside, God, but you want to calm the storm on the inside. Steady us. Center us on you and help us to get strong so we can care for the weak. We pray this in Jesus' holy name, amen. Pastor Matt challenged us, as always, right, to think about what needs to be done and what needs prayer in our own lives. So, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to pray for you. Yes, there is chaos in our world, but what chaos do you have going on in your life? What do you need prayer for? Wherever you are, I want you to physically lean in. That could mean extending your hands. That, that, that could mean getting on your knees. That could be joining hands with, with the family or whoever is right next to you right now. But I want you to do something. Do you want to get well? Then move right now. Right now, by extending, by kneeling, or by holding the hand that is right next to you. Let's pray for you. Lord, there is so much pain, so much sorrow and confusion in our world, dear God, but there's also so much pain, sorrow, and confusion in our world. There's difficulty in our own lives. Jesus, for many of us right now, we need you. Yes, the world needs you, yes, the world needs you, but Lord, we need you. We need you when it comes to our community, our work, our church, our family, our kids, our marriage. Father, would you hear our prayer? Would you intervene in our relationships and within our hurts? Help us to care for people that we are in care of, the people and the situations in which you have given us the responsibility over. And Lord, help us to know that, that as we reach out to you asking for you to do something, in many cases, you are reaching back out to us, asking us to do something, to be the tangible, the practical, and physical expression of your healing, your hope, and your love. Thank you that we are your mission. Thank you for calling us to do what we can do. I pray that we would do it. We pray all of this in the most powerful name that we know, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You know, the foundation of everything Pastor Matt talked about today comes from the Bible. It's what we believe is the inspired and written word of God. We love that you tune in to, the, to, to, to this talk and to hear this message, but, but this is our hope that you would read the Bible for yourself. And, and we wanna help you do just that. We have created many reading plans on our Sandals Church app, and we just released our, our, our new reading plan, which helps you to go through the book of Psalms. And, and it's a guide that you can do. 
you can listen to it and just be blessed to know how to read the Word of God. And I want you to know that all of this is possible because you give. When you give to Sandals Church, you give to all the ministries and the resources that help you to learn more about your faith. If you wanna give, all you have to do is go to give.sc or you give right on the Sandals Church app. As you may or may not know, we are all about being real here at Sandals Church and, and we believe that you can become your real self, but you can't become your real self by yourself, which means that you, I, all of us need community. If you want to be real with others, get on the growth path on the Sandals Church app to find out how. If you are a part of a community group already or, or you're at that Sandals Church anywhere, you already know this and understand the importance of community. But for those of you who are not, we want to personally invite you to this Friday, the 27th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to an evening with Pastor Matt and Tammy Brown. This is a live, yes, live event where they will be taking questions and talking about community and how we, they can care for you and how then you can care for others. If you are in a community group, we want you there. If you are part of a Sandals Church Anywhere location, we want you there. If you are not in community and want to hear from our lead pastor live why this is so important, join Pastor Matt and Tammy this Friday at 7 p.m. You are not going to want to miss it. For more information, go to move.sc slash community. Friends, I pray that you have felt God, that you have felt the Spirit of God today. And maybe you don't know what the Spirit of God is, maybe you don't know how to feel God, but you know you felt something. I want to let you know that's called the Lord, that's called Jesus. And we hope and pray that you just were not here and you hung out and, and you worshiped with us and you heard a message and then you go about your day. My prayer is that you live out what you experience today. And whatever you do, my prayer is that you become real with yourselves, God, and others, and that you grow closer to Jesus Christ. We love you, and I hope to see you back here next weekend.